come to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll from some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open ah, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going racks to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. 
Monica, can't you see? Chicory Chick is me. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Hey, we are here. It is Friday night. It's just after 8 o'clock. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! I'm so excited about the stalwarts that are here tonight to not only tell jokes, but listen to jokes. I heard everybody else is in Tahoe. I thought that only existed in the winter. Like, I thought it was like, I thought Tahoe was part of um, Game of Thrones, and it was just a place that we, when winter is coming, is that not... Okay, it's fine. Everybody's there, I guess. Yay! Rich people can drive wherever they want, whenever they want to. Yay! Could you imagine taking an Uber to fucking Tahoe? Like, if you had that much money, if you were one of those kids that was like, I'm 23 years old and I just moved to San Francisco and I make like $175,000 a year and my apartment is $4,000 a year and I totally want to go this weekend. Right? <laughs> like, how much is the Uber? Like, oh, no way. It's a, Uber's like $400. Well, like, you can't even fly there, so it totally makes sense. Yay! I just... Um, not that I hate people with money, but, like, I kind of hate people with money. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're the young people. What do they do with their money? I don't know what the young people are doing with their money. They're spending it on, like... Seven dollar juices. They're like, oh, I, I have coconut water and it is cold press and it is seven dollars. And I'm like, I have coconut water and it's a dollar twenty four. Like, what's the difference in their coconut water? Does yours make you pretentious? Cause like I didn't get it. I didn't get the memo. Where'd you get your cup for seven dollars? 
Right, right? I know, they'll hook up for $7 on the, like, whole press. Fucking. Well, that's the beauty of coconuts, is they're, like, nature's... They, I mean, they actually take water that's, I don't know, from Fukushima, and they put it into water inside a coconut, and it's healthy now. So it's, they're like their own, what's it called, filter. The tree is a filter. Let that blow your mind for a second. <laughs> Nature does things. We're having a lot of feedback. Now, should we turn down? The, I, I keep I'm hearing myself with the... I feel like I'm in Vietnam. That's what it felt like on 4th of July. I was um, passed out on my friend's floor, like face down, and I was hearing all the noise from the mission, and I felt like I was in Vietnam only because I've been watching that awesome Ken Burns documentary on, on uh, Netflix. Is Netflix shaping anyone else's lives? No, not everyone. It's like my social consciousness is completely shaped by Netflix. When they did that whole thing about pet food, I'm like, oh my God, organic pet food now. I'm feeding my cats raw eggs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, Vietnam was the thing. They've been lying to us since before 9-11. No way! Unwinnable war, 65. I just... If, if anybody has Netflix, please invest. I'm 16 hours in and I'm like chomping at the bit. I'm even turning the volume down and watching it, reading it on the bus. Like that's what, like I'm such a dick. Like I'm like, I, I can't afford like headphones. I guess I could steal them from here, but I don't have headphones to listen to it. So I just read it. <laughs> Learning about Vietnam. Does it matter? Does anything matter? What are we here for? Seriously, like, does it? Does any of it matter? Like, if we don't care, we just murder people indiscriminately, or we don't, or people have money and they're better, and we don't, or I don't understand what's happening in the world. I'm sorry. It was a big raspberry for you people. No, I'm really very like, oh, I have so much ennui, which is terrible because I'm like, oh, poor little rich white girl. You have so much ennui. You handle it. You have hot and cold water and a place to go poop. Meow. <laughs> Come on. I'll be funny here. <laughs> I'm just saying I have hot and cold water all the time, right? Like, that's a big fucking deal in the world. No? <laughs> what if you... I, I mean, I bet there's people who are like, hot water all the, at a bar. Like, I go to Bender's, and every time you turn on their thing, it's hot, white, warm water. That's amazing. San Francisco is utopia. No? Unlimited water? I mean, here's the thing why it's not Utopia. There's only one in and out If it was Utopia, there'd be like set, there'd be 12 in and outs There'd be two in and outs per, there'd be 14 fucking in and outs It's seven by seven. We should have 14 in, in and outs We should have seven times two. That should be the amount of in and outs for the amount of people who are here to make us happy. That doesn't exist. There's one in and out It's at Zivoff. Oh, what is Zivoff for? Oh, is it for the tourists? Is it for the German tourists when they drive the Segway and they go down the street and they say, Ah, oh, but we go into the, to the In-N-Out, but we cannot, it's no drive-through in this In-N-Out. It's at Zivoff. You have to get off the Segway. You have to park the Segway. 
and go in and wait in line. This is crazy. We're paying for the segway, but we are in line as in and out. I love this American capitalism. Every minute is taxed. <laughs> That's what anyways are in and out. Uh, I should just stop talking. Uh, this has been up. Uh, this is Paperass Comedy Clubhouse. Da -ba -da -ba -da. We sing a song and then we'll get started because we have we have some of my favorite comedians in San Francisco here tonight. Like I'm actually super stoked because I'm like, what are they gonna do? <sighs> uh, here we go to sing a song. M U T I N Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. I never cough anymore because I have a PAX. You know what I mean? Thanks, Spark. M-U-T-I-M-I Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay, yay. We're going to laugh and have fun. And your first comedian of the night is one of my favorite comedians in San Francisco. He is so hilarious. And when he does his bird joke about dancing around and he just does the best act else and just those hair so fluffy, you guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Clay Newman. I don't know, Pam. I, I like the new stage. This might be big enough for the bird dance. We'll see. Like, now that you can't be drunk in here, I may be able to do the bird dance on the stage without literally killing myself. Uh, I should ask this earlier. I'm very professional. How, how much time am I doing, Pam? How much time am I doing up here? Uh, 15. 15 minutes. Oh, man. Let me just say this. If somebody's willing to go pick up my taco across the street in like five minutes, I'll let you smell that taco. Like, it's, they're not big. You don't get a bite, but. Maybe if I'm full by the end, you could have you could have that taco. You could have the last bit of that taco. No, though it, I just feel like every time I go there, I try and fail to order in Spanish, and I just want them to like me so bad. I just want Donna Terrace to continue to serve this honky. That's all I really want, just to not piss off this neighborhood. Uh, one more time for Pam. Can we? One more time for Pam. Fuck yeah. I think we might need to find you some happier Netflix shit, Pam. <laughs> I will say, though, Ken Burns, god damn, Netflix is perfect for Ken Burns. If you're not familiar with Ken Burns, I know you're familiar with Netflix. Just know, before Netflix ever existed, there was a documentarian who asked the question, does the world need a 27-hour-long documentary about baseball? And the world said, not really, but he still did it. And that's Ken Burns. Ken Burns is a goddamn hero. I got farther into the into the Vietnam one than the baseball one. The baseball one is hard to watch. It's, it's like anything longer than an actual baseball game is fucking painful. You can't. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do that. Like, if you're going to make a documentary on baseball, make it 13 minutes long. Just like, that's it's ESPN. That's all a documentary on baseball should be. It's just highlights on ESPN. I was just in the uh, I was just in the Marina District before I came out here. Not a fan of the Marina District. I feel like maybe two people in this room feel like they could fit in in the Marina District. And Lauren, if they got to know you, you'd get kicked out immediately. <laughs> I'm just going off a look. Uh, I, I, I don't. Like, if you've never been to the Marina District. And I'm sorry, just I, all I'm saying is you're dressed nicely. That's all I'm saying. And that's mostly comparatively. Like, that's just because you're surrounded by us mutiny folks. Uh, <laughs> If you haven't been to the Marina District, it's essentially the love child of a college fraternity 
and brunch. It's it's a weird fraternity-themed brunch that's happening. I don't like it. I was walking down the street, and this lady was passing me, just very well-to-do, very fancy lady. Uh, and she said that she was passing me, God, it is cold outside. She was upset. God, it is cold outside. And I, I'm not rude. I'm not going to ignore a stranger. And so I said, well... You know what Mark Twain says about summers in San Francisco. And she says, excuse me, sir, I'm talking to my dog. And just kept walking. <laughs> just kept walking. And I know, like, she won. I didn't know what to say. Like, I've never been that stumped before. Like, hecklers rarely get me, but she fucking got me. Like, I don't even, even now, I think the best thing I could have said in that situation, in retrospect, is like, fuck off, lady. I'm talking to your dog, too. Whatever. <laughs> Can a man and a schnauzer have a conversation about the weather? Yeah, that is that is an insane neighborhood. I've watched, I work near there, so I spend a lot of time out there. What's up, man? Uh, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, I've watched one of the biggest atrocities these people have ever seen, which is a sweaterless chihuahua being tied up outside of Lululemon on a cold day. People were upset. They were upset. They were stopping. They were bending down. They were looking at the tag of the chihuahua. They were calling the fucking phone number on that tag, and they were leaving harsh messages. They were just leaving fucking dog owner Yelp reviews on this poor lady's voicemail. Like, how dare you leave a sweaterless chihuahua out Outside in the cold San Francisco day. And then they just stepped over a homeless guy to get past it. Like, just like, ew, you smell bad. I said, oh, God, would you see a homeless guy in the marina? Fuck, man, I've never rooted for somebody so hard in my life. Like, I'm so pro-homeless in the marina. It's great. Like, it's a little rough. Like, you never want to wake up to somebody pooping on your doorstep. But I watched, uh, this is such a beautiful image. You know, Sometimes, like, it's a very select group of people that choose this look, but sometimes people choose to show some skin, and, you know, ladies have their skin that they like to choose, gentlemen have their skin they like to choose, we got our parts of our body like we like to show off, but only homeless people will decide to show from here to here, just this, like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, like, I know cheap underwear, the elasticity goes after a while, but Jesus Christ, like, tie a knot in it like it's a t-shirt at a chick summer camp, like, that's how you do with cheap underwear, you tie a knot in it after once in a while, like, I was so excited watching that guy walk down Union Street, I was pumped, I was rooting for him, like, oh, please, no cops, like, let this guy get at least three blocks before somebody arrests him, I was so excited that I had to get to the front to be like, that dick better be out too. Fuck yeah, it is. I was so fucked. I was just like, come on, dick. Come on, dick. There it is, baby. Like, it wasn't hard, but he was touching it. Like, he was thinking about it. It wasn't his full train of thought, but it, like, you know, it was in the back of his mind. It's like, hey, dick's out. May as well have a little feel every once in a while. Very pro homelessness in the marina. It is rough, though, like, in some neighborhoods where it's. Like, I know I don't want to be condescending, but it's just like I want to just sit down and, like, teach people on Powell Street about marketing. I'm like, there's seven of you right here. Like, you got to diversify a little bit. This is a bad business model. I saw one of my favorite street performers. She's got a real good trick. It's this. Oh, no, it's not that. <laughs> Imagine that was steady. Don't fucking touch me! 
Like, he doesn't seem comfortable in it. He chose that as a trick. He's like, all right, we're going one foot. He's like, he's, dude, you wouldn't, like, you pick anything else. You, you're struggling right now. I'm so glad you didn't stand uh, Yeah, no, well, I learned, yeah, I, I'm not just, you know, I look before I leap. I'm not a graceful man. Like, there's nothing, this is why I don't rock climb. Like, I wouldn't trust a single boulder, even, like, the plastic ones in the gym. Like, you sure this isn't going to break off? I trust it. The coolest street performers... I don't need to tell you, it's the robot people. It's the people that wake up very early in the morning and they paint themselves from head to toe in either silver or gold paint, which has got to be healthy. And they go to, usually it's Fisherman's Wharf. And they're cool, man. They put a little whistle in a place you can't see it. So when they move, like, zoop, 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 they got moves. And they almost never break character like almost never i've seen the robots break character once and it was the coolest thing i've seen in my fucking life it was so goddamn good i i saw this gold robot and he was going at it and he was just like he was doing good robot like i'm not doing a good impression like this is a really lazy robot i don't really know what this is this isn't the robot but he was doing great he's like walking up to children and putting a hand out for tips and they run away crying but their parents still tip the guy like it's not it's not the robot man's fault i watched this gold guy just doing his thing and then i watched a silver robot come up and then i watched the gold guy turn to him and go and i'm like oh fuck robot battle this is gonna be great like I don't know if it was going to be like, I don't know if I was expecting like a dance off or Pacific Rim, but either way, it was going to be fucking great. Um, here's what went down. The gold guy took the whistle out and said, motherfucker, I've been coming to this fucking spot every fucking Saturday for months. Get the fuck out of my spot. And the silver guy left. Uh, <laughs> have you seen Pacific Rim 2? It's dope. It's really fun. It's really, it takes a weird fucking turn at the end. They just, they, uh, they just yell at the kaijus and the kaijus leave. It was really sad too. Like I watched him get on a bike and not even like robot bike away, just like sad man bike away. It was really fun. Like he didn't even bother to have square wheels or anything. I don't know what a robot bike would look like. It would actually probably be more efficient. I like that robots are taking some of our jobs. I think that's good. I think this is a sad thing to say at a radio station when I'm going to say it. DJs, I, th I think robots have your number. <laughs> I think it's happening. Like, Do you realize that in San Francisco, we still have a radio station called The Bone? It's been like 85 years it's been called The Bone. Probably maybe since like the late 60s, but still. Every single day, the DJs of The Bone wake up and they're like, this is still pretty goddamn funny. Like, they still say their own station's name. Imagine if you said Mutiny Radio and thought it was funny every single time. That's the boat. You're listening to the boat. It's Tata Tuesdays. We're looking for ladies on the Bay Bridge to show us their tatas. No, no ladies are listening to this anymore. Robots, take me now. I am done. It's to the strip club for me. You will always need a human DJ at the strip club. That job is safe. Robots cannot do that. Like, there's robots don't have the power to degrade women yet. It's not there. Like, that's still very exclusively a human trait. Or at least animal. I've seen how ducks fuck. It's not good. Like, it's one big, it's just a PSA I keep forgetting to bring up when I talk about bird romance. Ducks are rapists. 
I don't have a joke for it yet, but it's upsetting. There's actually like almost a direct scale in nature between how adorable an animal is and how aggressive their fucking is. Have you seen koalas bang? It's horrifying. It's horrifying. It's the only time they move. The claws, they're not for climbing, you guys. It's gnarly. It's gnarly out there. Just this BDSM ass teddy bear. It's fucking nuts. Have you seen the sound of a lady koala trying to escape? Seen this? God damn it. All right. I'm getting heated. Sweaty now. Otters is rough. Yeah, otters are like, they'll fucking hump anything. They'll hump dolphins. What are you doing humping a dolphin? That's a crazy move, otter. You're tiny compared to them. What's up, Wiseman? Yeah, piece of shit. You literally look like you just escaped from a hospital. Like, you look like you pulled the IV out, grabbed the only clothes you could find from an open locker, and just bolted. Like, a World Cup doctor just investigating all these non-sprained ankles like that's a sweet fucking gig it's like he's faking and then just walk away <laughs> like, like I've always wondered they, like, they have this thing that I see in soccer every once in a while like people will come out and just put this like spray like just like spray it and either is it Colts I always figured like I see that's just a fucking placebo like that's not good no, if you like, if you hurt yourself in football, they'll stick a fucking cortisone shot into your spine. Like, you tell me, cold water will heal that sports injury? You aren't hurt. It's fine. But you're right, Pam. They are very sexy. That is like, it is hard to. I think that's why Americans don't watch soccer. Like, how the fuck can I watch soccer when baseball exists? I can look at a guy in worse shape than me get paid millions of dollars to be a fucking slugger. Like, one of the greatest of all time, Babe Ruth. He, if they've let him, he would have gone up with a fucking chicken wing in one hand and a cigar in the other. He wouldn't have even brought a baseball bat to the goddamn plate. No plan. He didn't know how he's going to hit it. Not the cigar. It's too precious. Exactly right. <laughs> I love baseball, man. It's great. There's a there's a position in baseball called the designated hitter. The designated hitter. They may as well call that you're too fat for sports. Like that's what the designated hitter is. Like that's the designated hitter. Just like oh shit, yeah, you really shouldn't be doing all this running and bending out there. That sounds a little extreme for an athlete. Uh, God forbid you don't hit a fucking home run. Lucky for you. Pinch runners exist. Pinch runners. Skinny guys with no actual skill who, because baseball is such an awful sport, have a role there. They're like, I can run 90 feet pretty fast. Get in here, Pedro. Or Steve. Whatever. Sometimes it's Steve. Whenever I do see, like, like a white guy who that's his role, like the white pinch runner, I'm like, Oh, fuck, you got rich parents. Like, somebody somebody supported your fucking dream. Like, you made it all the way through minors without being able to hit a fucking curveball? Really? Like, somebody didn't eat DiGiorno pizza every day. Um. <laughs> all right, well, I think we could pretty much say this is the best comedy show you guys have ever seen so far. I think we're there. I'm sweating, so I think I had fun. Uh, I will say, as far as myself goes, uh, I do wonder where it's going sometimes, and... I hope someday, maybe, you guys will be watching Comedy Central. And what if you think of the time you saw me here and you say to yourselves, that Clay Newman guy. I wonder if he's watching Comedy Central too.
Maybe I'll get there someday, y'all. Thank you so much. Give it up for your wonderful host, Pat Benjamin. I'm going to get a taco. Look at that. That's exciting. I had all kinds of things. I was like, I would say that in between, and I would say that in between, but I forgot those things. Uh, but what we do know is that Zach Wiseman got a haircut, and that's nice. Yeah, and he really does look like a Russian doctor, like a Russian fucking World Cup doctor. Does anybody have World Cup fever other than me? No one else? Has anyone got a fever for the cup? No other alcoholics that like to drink at 7 in the morning have a purpose for it? No? That's cool. So once every four years, I'm like, as an alcoholic, I literally get to drink at 7 in the morning. It's very exciting. I thank World Cup. Because I'm watching the games and I'm supporting teams. And I'm drinking at 7 in the morning. Yay! It's so fun. Day drunk is good. But what I really, really love about World Cup is that uh, finally I get to watch hot millennial men literally make their goals. Like they're making goals. Like it's 27-year-old men. They're very hot. They're making goals. It's very, it's like it never happens. It's so crazy. <laughs> like it, and even in the games, like sometimes it doesn't happen. You're like waiting and waiting. You're like, look at all the 27-year-old men. When are they going to make their goals? Is this going to happen? Is anything going to happen? <laughs> no. Uh, all I know is that these guys aren't going back to their mom's basements, so it's really good. <laughs> None of them are on Second Life. I know that for sure. First Life on Second Life. We watched some crazy thing on that fucking Second Life shit. And I'm like, like I don't even have a life in First Life. And people are like creating a life in Second Life. Like, I don't have enough money to live in this life. And there are people paying money to live in another life. I mean, you can pay for two lives at the same time. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, what is wrong with you? You can pay for two lives? I don't have babies because I'm like, how do you give them water or whatever? Like, that's water. I, alimony, palimony. Is that, a, is that a new apple-flavored drink that we feed our children? Like, how, what is that? I got to stop. I'm supposed to introduce our next comedian. She used to deal with children all the time. Like, I have so much respect for her because she was... I was only a teacher for four years. She was a teacher for, like, way many more. Like, I... You only did two? Wow. Wow, I stuck in longer than you. It is so crazy. You're, I, you're, I know, but that's because you guys, she's a hilarious comedian. Uh, she's one of the funniest people I know in San Francisco. Put your hands together for Lauren Kraut. Thank you. Hello. Can I move this? No, I'll just, I'll move it back here. Do whatever I want. All right, cool. Hello, everybody. This is what it looks like when your self-esteem hangs by a thread. Even so, I have what it takes to get up in front of a bunch of strangers and talk about my wretched life. I don't see you fuckers up here. It takes guts to do this. Not to mention an awkward childhood. If 
followed by years of expensive therapy. And this is key. An overwhelming need to be laughed at. Thank you. That's why I became a teacher. I really was. Yeah, I thought I could change my life. Instead of one dead-end job after another, I'd get a career. Everyone said, you could be a teacher, Lauren. You should be a teacher. So I got my teaching credential. But no, you botched that, didn't you? You let a bunch of middle school misfits run your self-worth into the ground. You had a meltdown in front of the principal. You tried to poison your seventh grade class. <laughs> Not that they didn't deserve it. But Miss Crow, yesterday you said the numerator was on the bottom. Today it's on top. Which is it? Miss Crow, Miss Crow, you don't really know, do you? <laughs> I still don't know. But like I said, I don't see you fuckers up here sharing. BTW, that last one was a fraction joke for all you English majors. Okay, it's going well. I was singing this song on my way here tonight. Perhaps you know it. I gotta tap my foot. Two, three, four. I like to count things in my head cause I have OCD. I like to drive myself insane and do so endlessly. <laughs> you remember that Coca-Cola ad from the 70s? I'd like to teach the world to count and be obsessed like me, where everything has a number to count and sometimes it won't rhyme. Everybody, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Ladies only, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. OCD is the real thing. You didn't know that, huh? All right. Thank you. I refuse to believe I'm the only one counting out five squares of toilet paper whenever I use the bathroom. How many other obsessives here tonight? Just me? Well, all right then. What good is a compulsion if you can't take it with you everywhere? That's what I say. And that's as close as I'm getting to a poop joke, so settle down. There's lots of nice things I want to pick up on the floor, but I'm not going to. It's, it's driving my OCD. It's just like, okay. I got it. Okay. I'm saying, can I have it? Thank you. Somebody asked me the other night if I took, when did I empty out my pockets <laughs> from stuff that I picked up off the floor? Like, every night, what do you think? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You can't combine them from different shows. You gotta have one, it's, there's rules with OCD. I'm sorry. There's rules. Yeah, it's not. It's just, it makes sense. It perfectly makes sense. So, um, where are my pot smokers at? Yeah. Woo! Don't you love how comedians say that? You never hear us asking, where are my Debbie dads? <laughs> where are my pedophiles at? <laughs> Who voted for Trump? So yeah, I smoked some weed in my 20s. 
I didn't do a ton of drugs, but I did coke. I did a lot of coke. I did pot. I did, what was it? Oh, yeah, crack. Wow, really? Yeah, I only did it once, though. Don't judge. <laughs> but I don't smoke pot so much anymore. Until I went to Seattle last year, and my roommate had some. This was good weed. This was like crack. I would know. Where you inhale, and you're high on the exhale. That's right. I'm not just some old lady. I'm an old lady with poor judgment. <laughs> Don't do crack. So she gave me some to take home. I went out and bought a pipe, those little mesh screens you put in the pipe, and a lighter. And the sales lady asked if I was buying the pipe for medical or recreational use. I was too embarrassed to say, lady, I get high because it makes me forget I'm bad at math. I have trouble making correct change, and I work as a cashier. Oh, it's, it's medicinal. I tell you, there's nothing worse than a 60-year-old hippie getting reacquainted with pot. I'm getting high after breakfast. I get high three, four, nine times a day. I told my therapist about it because I was worried I was becoming addicted. She didn't think it was cause for concern. You're not hurting anyone. I wouldn't worry. Is it interfering with your comedy? No. Is it impeding your work? No. You're not high now, are you? Oh, would that be a problem? <laughs> I have an addictive personality. I'm OCD. It says that in the name. This person is obsessive. Watch out. I should come with a warning label. Full disclosure, I wrote this joke stoned. I edited it stoned, and I'm stoned right now. Yes. So yeah, I think it's cause for concern. Sound the alarm, that old hippie dyke is out buying up all the good weed. Somebody stop her before she hijacks a cable car and, and eats up Daily City. That's a munchies joke, I heard that. You ever get high and zone out on your mother's name? <laughs> Evelyn. Evelyn. Who are you? And why did you procreate, you evil sorcerer, you? <laughs> Trying to take over the world with your neurotic, Jewish, anorexic, clinically depressed, slightly suicidal excuse for a daughter? How is that supposed to help? Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> You ever get high and think, is it angel food cake or angel food cake? And why not just angel cake? We don't say pumpkin food pie, do we? You ever get high and think, a person could get tragically lost in her own thoughts? No? You ever get high and say, this shit is funny, I'm gonna write it down. And then you find it later and wonder when the cat learned to scribble? <laughs> I like to write when I'm stoned. I go to different places. One of them, self-confidence land, is so rare and unexpected I hyperventilate whenever I'm there. I actually feel good about myself right now. Oh God, I can't breathe. <laughs> and it appears that I'm headed to Witty and Clever Cleverville. Though well, sometimes the signs point in that direction, but when I get there, I find a black hole with a note saying, are you fucking kidding me? 
can't trust it when you're stoned in what you write. You know. So, uh, well, I'm going to look at me. Oh, I think we find stuff in the most unlikely places, don't you? Like loose change under the seats on the school bus. Ooh, 47 cents. Woohoo. Like rainbows and clouds. Or compassion from an NRA lobbyist. The other day I found courage at the bottom of a bottle of Jack Daniels. Wasn't even looking for it. There it was. I was looking for oblivion. Couldn't find any of that. But courage, bravado, false hope, fake confidence, that shit is just a wash in whiskey. I also found mediocrity at the post office. You think you'd have to go to the DMV for that. Nope, got myself a book of stamps, some unnecessary attitude, and a whole case of mediocrity, because you can never have too much, you know? And today, right behind the Frosted Flakes was some leftover enthusiasm. It must have been there a while, because it was looking a little worn out. It was going like this. There, okay. That's a Tony the Tiger joke for all you millennials. All right, I got to go. Thanks very much. Thank you, Pam, for having me. Boring crowd, everyone. Yay! I want to, I want to, like, I want to hang out with your issues and I want to, like, be roommates with them. Like, I feel like... I feel like you could rent me your issues as roommates. Like you could live by yourself and I could live with your issues and then <laughs> everything would be feel good. Maybe. I don't know how the world works. Yay. Oh, I know etiquette. Do you guys freak out down the street when people are like, I mean, they're like 27 year old people. Like they've been living on the planet for a while, but four of them walk together. Like they're going off. They're off to see the wizard. You're walking down the sidewalk. It's a sidewalk. It's a small sidewalk. But they're off to see the wizard. They're all together. They're having a conversation. All four of them together. Something's happening. Like, we're walking toward them. Look what's happening. People are walking towards you. We're on a sidewalk. It's a busy day. What are you going to do? Oh, no, they just keep walking. Like, I'm like, what? Like, Tom Brady in your jeans? Like, you just go through the entire line? Like, you're just like, what? No, we're doing it. I'm just saying... Sidewalk etiquette is a lost art. You know what else is a lost art? The lost art of being a public defender of law and justice and making the world be awesome again. Your next comedian, like, I can't believe he's a comic because he actually does real things for the world. He's like, oh, no, that's not enough. I still need to <laughs> make people laugh because, like... But it's great. No, you're an amazing human being. I, I, I'm so confused as to how you're like, I talk all day and save people's lives, but then I go out and I do this. He is, a, he is an angel, you guys. Also, before you go up, here's the thing. You said that Vietnamese is a monosyllabic language. Saigon, one word, two syllables. Hanoi. One word, two syllables. I thought you said it was a monosyllabic language. Is it? Is it in your language? Is it two words? Hanoi is two language. Is two words. So it is. So we put it together. We made it English, and we said it's two. Okay. I thought about that all this week, and I'm like, but Hanoi. He taught me that it's a. Anyways, I've been learning from his sets. You guys are gonna love your next comedian. 
He's really an amazing human being. Put your hands together for Lovesca Nguyen! Nguyen! I just had a, a certain outline of jokes that I was going to do, but you threw me all off, Pam. So a lot of people think that being a public defender is easy to be a stand-up comedian, and it's not. <laughs> I've been doing uh, trial work for 14 years, and I'm really great at micromanaging jurors' emotional reactions so that they can go off into a room and deliberate. In stand-up comedy, there's zero deliberation. People will just say, you're not funny, fuck you, and then I sit down, and then that's it. That is absolutely it. Uh, what's that? I thought you looked familiar. Uh, I, I've been a public defender for a while, and I see a lot of crazy things. Actually, there was one juror who came up to me after uh, my client got convicted of some punk-ass drug offense. He had less than a third of a gram of heroin on him, and he ultimately got convicted uh, and sentenced to 14 years in state prison. What? 14 years in state prison, possession for sale. Here in San Francisco, here a San Francisco judge and a San Francisco jury convicted my client. It's 14 years, it's crazy, it's crazy. And I don't wanna be like, uh, you know, have you misinterpret my reputation because I win most of my cases. <laughs> Let's just be clear. I know that's what you're thinking. But this one juror approached me and said, you know what, uh, the reason why I convicted your client was because he reminded me of that guy, Brooks, from Shawshank Redemption. I thought he would be better off in jail. No. Some older African-American schizophrenic drug addict. He'd be better off in jail. And my immediate reaction was, why did you ruin my favorite movie? You fucking dick. Is it bad enough that you just ruined a man's life? You gotta ruin my favorite movie? I wish he just made an analogy to like Legends of the Fall because I wish I could hate that movie. Uh, one thing I realized, if you're incarcerated and facing life in prison, people don't want sex or drugs. You know what they want? McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> I, I fucking put my bar card on the line because I had a client that was facing life in prison and all he wanted was a Big Mac. And we negotiated and, was, and I said, I'll bring in a cheeseburger in jail and let you eat it. But this is the thing, this is a logistical nightmare because I went to McDonald's, I cut it into four pieces and I let it air out so that no one could smell it and then I put it in a plastic bag and I put it inside my jacket walked past the sheriff's deputies, and I had my client sit with his back turned towards the window where the deputies could see, and I said, all right, are you ready? I'm gonna pass this to you, and I'll let you know when you can chew it. Not yet, not yet. Stop, go ahead. Stop, go ahead. Wait, 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 okay. You ready? Here you go. Just hold it. Just hold it. Don't put it in your mouth yet. Now. Chew. Chew. Stop. 
You're good. <laughs> and he ate the whole cheeseburger. And he felt great. And the best part of that story was his case got dismissed. And I feel okay talking about it now because he was charged with murder with a one-way ticket to another country, but that cheeseburger saved his life. Uh, you know, in, in addition to doing trial work, I also do uh, some acting and some modeling, and I am very, very proud uh, to be a successful Asian-American model that's finally made it on a national ad campaign. By successful, I mean I got paid $100 to be the face of gonorrhea. Imagine a giant poster emblazoned with the title Rapid Gonorrhea Testing. There's four panels of pictures on this poster. In the first panel, there is a pipette. That is a scientific tool used to test a sample. In the second panel, there's a stopwatch, 20 minutes. That's how long it takes to get your results back. In the third panel, there was a group of people seated in a semicircle coming to terms with the news. And then the fourth panel was this. Living with the disease. I didn't mind being the face of gonorrhea because it's kind of cool, right? You know, what better way to break the archaic Asian-American stereotype than having some guy just having so much promiscuous sex that I contract an STD. It's awesome. It's fucking great. But the thing that really bothered me was there was some guy from fucking marketing, Jared, who went through thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures and stopped on mine and said, yeah, this one. <laughs> This one screams involuntary discharge of the penis. Run it. But this was the great thing, and it did not stop there. There was a pamphlet that was distributed nationally by the National Institute of Health. And on this pamphlet, it said, stories of depression. And in the middle was this. That same guy, Jared from marketing, fucking went through all those pictures and stumbled upon my face and said, oh, look, it's Mr. Gonorrhea. He looks so sad. He's not dealing with the news very well. Run it. But my favorite advertisement was actually an internet banner. And on the internet banner, it said, want to increase your penis size? And guess what was in the middle? It was this. It was this. And I was actually more confused because is this before or after? Uh, like, I didn't know to be insulted or offended. But of course, everyone can, you know, use a couple extra inches or three or four or five or six, whatever. But anytime I really get down about work, being a public defender, being a dad, all the other shit, driving a minivan all my life. I think about all the obstacles I have overcome in my stock photo life. I've been mentally ill. I've had a smaller, uh, below average penis. And I've been very, very sick. I look at my life and I appreciate what I've overcome. Because you know what? I am a winner. I will rise. No obstacle is too small. All right? So it didn't stop there. There's a lot of uncomfortable scenarios I face when uh, sometimes I'll go to an audition. One time, I was asked to do a line in an Asian accent. Yeah, it's offensive, right? The line was, back door, please. 
in my best Asian accent, I said this. Back door, please. I thought I fucking nailed it. 39 years of my life, I've been mastering that line, and I didn't get the role. So frustrating. But, but here's the thing. Pam mentioned I am Vietnamese, and I, I, the talk about Vietnam just come, brought me back to my roots. My name, Velasca, is actually a combination of me being in Alaska, being born in Alaska, and my Vietnamese name being Viet. It's a combo name. My parents were war refugees. They fled bullets, bombs, and violence. Left the day Saigon fell to the communists, and they landed in Anchorage, Alaska, in the middle of a snowstorm. They took one look around, and were like, this was not in the brochure. War doesn't sound too bad. But this is like a real level of culture shock because um, my mom was alone. She was pregnant with me while my dad was working the graveyard shift. And there were masked strangers pounding on the door. She didn't speak a lick of English. And she thought she was going to be murdered. But it was worse. These people said, trick or treat. I mean, you do not take food from a starving refugee family. Had she known, had she really understood English, she probably would have murdered them. But I, one, one thing, uh, I don't mind if people get my first name wrong. Sometimes people will say Velasco because they think I'm Latino, which is kind of cool. It's kind of sexy. It makes me forget that I drive a minivan. But when people mispronounce my last name, it's N-G-U-Y-E-N. When simple, right? Because Vietnamese is a monosyllabic language. One syllable per word. Easy, right? No, I hate it when people are like, oh, I have a Vietnamese friend, and she pronounces it Nguyen. Sometimes she says Nguyen. <laughs> Hold on. First off, Phuong An ain't your friend. She is just silently nodding agreement so she can maximize her tip when she gets done with your nails, all right? Number two, if she was your friend, this is what she would say. Vietnamese is a monosyllabic language. There is one syllable per word, like fuck you, all right? Fung on for the win. It is a win-win situation, all right? Very, very, very easy. Uh, going back to my, my day job as a public defender, as you can see, I haven't quit it yet. Uh, because the the money with comedy has been paying off. When I left the house, uh, anytime I leave the house, my kids will always ask me, Papa, how much money are you going to make tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, I am losing money. I am not getting any money tonight. And one thing I get really anxious about, I'll have all these uh, journals where I write down my jokes. And one time my daughter found my, my uh, notebook. And she opened it up and she laughed and she called me a fraud because it was empty. Anyway, that's my 15 minutes. Thank you very much. It goes so fast. You guys are so fun. Let's go win, everybody. Yay! I always thought it was Nguyen, but now I know it is a monosyllabic language. Yeah! And I had another, I had another thing to say in the interim about what he said, and then I forgot a day. It was about children. It was about pot. I'm, I'm lost. I, I, like thoughts keep like it's like it's just like money. They just float out of my hands and face like little pieces of paper. It's just foo to do. Uh, but your next comedian, Jason Rogo, 
is, wow, what a hilarious human being he is. Uh, I saw him the other week at one of the Edinburgh Castle shows, and I was like, you're so funny. What are you doing? You had to come to the show. And here he is. Hey, everybody. You're going to laugh hard. Put your hands together for Jason Rogo. So uh, I came down from Humboldt County, and uh, you all know about Humboldt. It's a weird place. I was on uh, Craigslist and selling a motorcycle recently, and this guy traded me two pounds of weed and a crossbow. Normal transaction there. Now it can be a stony Daryl from The Walking Dead in the slow motion impending zombie apocalypse. Oh, man. So, yeah, we're making America great again. How's that going? The word great. I feel like that's being abused, kind of like when I see a Coors Light billboard that says it's refreshing. But I like IPA, so I'm bitter. <laughs> Their ad campaigns are ridiculous. They show the can sometimes now. It's like retard porn. I don't know. <laughs> Or, or they'll say it's colder now. It's like, that's not physically possible. A liquid is the temperature it's at. There's no, like, wind chill for shitty beer. <laughs> like, is it a popsicle now? <laughs> it's a fucking creamy center of domestic violence. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking shitty beer. Um, so, yeah, make America great again. Uh, it's like the Cold War. Did that make America great? We're about to restore that, basically. We got pretty much... Uh, this guy's saying he's going to build a wall. It's been like almost two years now, man. Why are we stalling? It's <laughs> ridiculous. We had a president, too, uh, during the Cold War, and he started the Star Wars program. It's weird. His name was Raygun. This shit is bizarre. Oh. And, yeah, unlike, uh, you know, that program, Mexicans actually work. They spent $209 billion on that fucking thing. The Star Wars program. It's craziness. Oh, man. So, yeah. world's in a weird place. Um, I don't know what to really do about it, but I'll just let's laugh about it. I think that'll help with psychological blockages. Um, yeah. The uh, White House is just out of control. It's like we were told lots of ridiculous things over the years. And I think that that pretty much uh, continues to get worse every day. Um, but yeah, it's like this election was more like make America white again. So candidates, actually the word comes from whiteness. It's kind of weird. I think it would be great if we had sponsorships for the White House. Just be more upfront about it. You know, Clorox bleach would be a good one. Or maybe, you know, help with the cover-ups. We'd have whiteout. What are you going? Oh. Shitty music time. All right. <laughs> Interlude. Uh, but yeah, I think the worst sponsorship of all time I've ever seen was uh, Lance Armstrong. He was sponsored by USPS. It's like, why do you want to do it with half a package? I figured Uniball would have been all over that shit. Yeah, but uh, speaking of nuts, uh, <laughs> our president, uh, I think it's interesting that after he got elected, you know, they call the president before he's in office and between the election something different. And I think with an Asian accent, it really accentuates what we got because uh, he was president erect. Apparently a dick couldn't stimulate our economy good enough. 
I don't know. We were told we were supposed to be feeling the burn too. That happened to me once. Uh, I was a cheating girlfriend. It was chlamydia. Made it clap in a bad way. I don't know. Democracy. It's just some nonsense. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the government's like listening to them is like listening to the band The Cranberries and thinking you can cure a bladder infection. <laughs> just gonna get pissed off. I feel like they're just uh, they give us like laxatives and tell us we can't handle our shit. <laughs> it seems like the trajectory of what's happening in the government. A long time ago, we were told that uh, people hated us for our freedom. That was a sort of part of the basis for these crazy wars we're all in now. Um, and it's like, that guy was George Bush. I think he's one of the most underrated actors of all time. Because Does anybody know where he's actually from? No. He's from Connecticut. So when he said, like, we're going to fight a war on terror, he should have been saying, we're going to knock it out the park. <laughs> a little New England accent tells some truth there. But, yeah, he's full of shit. Uh, <laughs> he passed the fucking Patriot Act. And then, like, back to the legislative versions of laxatives, uh, I feel like, you know, they should just put those things in italics, <laughs> in, in quotes with an asterisk at the end of them. Like, Affordable Health Care Act. Is your health care affordable? I don't know about you, but my shit isn't. Yeah, but you have to be at your provider or you have to go in an emergency room, which inflates costs for everyone and constipates the doctor that's ready for emergencies with your mediocre shit. You should be able to just go to, a, you know, urgent care or whatever. But anyways, but yeah, Patriot Act. You know, being in italics, you know, it's like, you know, how patriotic is that? <laughs> oh, my God. So many fucking portable shitty music boxes in the city. It's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, fucking Patriot Act. That's patriotic, right? Yeah, our freedoms in this country are more shit on than a German porn star. Everybody's paying attention. <laughs> fucking A, man. This is freedom... To what? You get fucked with by the government? You know, one of the things that I find ironic is, uh, you know, protesters for anti-war demonstrators that are peacefully demonstrating get arrested for disturbing the peace. That's twisted, right? They're like, that's what you're doing <laughs> across the world, you fuck. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Rat bastards. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, hate us for our freedom. Apparently that's some nonsense. But yeah, it's like, uh, what about our foreign policy? You think that has anything to do with it? <laughs> Fucking with the world. <laughs> it's like, you think that that pissed them off a little bit? Hate us for our freedom? I don't know. It's like, freedoms are fucking, like I said, some nonsense. But yeah, like Bush, I said, you know, who would have thought an oil man would be slick? <laughs> yeah, it's like our country is uh, either like, lightly dry humping the world or vigorously raping the shit out of some country <laughs> this is where our foreign policy works like hey i see some untapped assets over there i think i see a terrorist they say misery likes uh company apparently your best friends are uh oil contractors and uh defense companies as well uh, some pretty fucked up shit um yeah i don't know what to do about it but things are pretty weird like some of the countries that we fuck with like iraq that country we put we helped put saddam hussein in power that guy was a torturer he was the head of security before 30 he was like second in charge to fight communism and then the cia is like giving him lists you know imagine your know, your friend signs you up for some shitty mailing list you don't want to be on and then they fucking kill you they think you're pro-commie 
Um, but yeah, it's like those people were part of the bath party. So basically our government helped them have a bloodbath. Yeah, no, hate is for our freedom, right? <laughs> it's pretty silly. Yeah, maybe the hate is because we sodomized their country. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm just word playing with myself. Hope you enjoy. It's going to keep going. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Saddam Hussein. What a fucking crazy motherfucker. But yeah, we've got all the other countries that we keep fucking with, too. It's like, man, the government might as well just say, like, we're going to invade Straw Manistan for a war on pterodactyls or some shit. <laughs> it would be just as believable. <laughs> Oh, shit is so ridiculous. Hmm. Let's see where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, at best, we're kind of like uh, like the Lenny of the Mice and Men of foreign policy, at best. <laughs> it's broken. Can you get me a new one? <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Uh, when we brought democracy to Afghanistan, we put uh, warlords in charge, basically. So that's great. There was a dam we put up there, like, 20 years ago, and it made the soil uh, saltier which is good for opium production. Who'd have thought? Total accident, right? <laughs> but yeah, we put this guy amid Karzai in, and he was stuffing the ballot box because we're bringing these countries democracy, right? We usually just bomb the shit out of them, but we gave this them the opium drug lord guy, or his brother at least. And uh, yeah, he was stuffing the ballot boxes. like He was like robbing a bank vault, stuffing fucking money in or something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the opposition, they were like, well, we're going to rerun the election. And then the U.S. government's like, or no, that guy's like, no, I'm all right. It's just going to be worse. Like, I'm fucking done. So, like, we just basically abandoned it. Yeah, I know. It's very uplifting. <laughs> but, yeah, so you normally, like I said, we just bomb the shit out of these countries. Funny enough, they call that the black budget they use to do some of these op surgical strikes and operations, which result in lots of amputees. It's like, yo, we said we bring them democracy, but I guess they're stumped. <laughs> I studied politics. I, mean, I have to make fun of this shit somehow. Uh, but yeah, here's my impersonation of a Rocky kid. Look, Ma, no hands. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. I feel really bad for the Iraqi women, um, particularly. You know, women and children have it the worst in wars. Um, but yeah, like, in the faith of Islam, they don't eat pig, which means that they'll never suck a cop's dick. Like, why are we bombing our allies, you know? That's what happens when we give money to shitheads and they use it for whatever the fuck they want. It's pretty twisted. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the things we have problems with, like they, they create the problem and then they're like, we've got the solution. Like I said, the government laxative system. Um, <laughs> like for instance, you know, like if you don't want to fight in any of these wars, I'm going to say first, uh, you know, Trump says he doesn't want gays in the military. So you just say, I like to suck dick and I'll be playing your Trump card. <laughs> Or with the obesity epidemic in America, you could simply be too fat to fight. They have cutoffs for that. I mean, we got more baby fat in this country than a dumpster in an abortion clinic. That's pretty bad. Did anybody know that, uh, that blindness, the number one cause of blindness, is diabetes? Yeah, and there's these people, they're called the Lions Club, one of these weird Masonic organizations, and they say they want to cure as a nonprofit blindness around the world. Well, how do they raise money to do that? It's kind of like our foreign policy. It's pretty fucking ludicrous. They sell candy. <laughs> Makes lots of sense, right? I mean, I thought diabetes was just a fucked up weight loss program where you chop your feet off. <laughs> Shit's ridiculous. 
Oh, man. Yeah, our medical system's fucked up. Anybody hear about this documentary? We were talking about Netflix earlier. Pink Ribbons. Have you seen that? It's on there. It shows how the uh, medical industry and the pharmaceuticals and all the chemical assholes that create cancer jacked it from this lady. She had salmon-colored ribbons, and something fishy happened, and they jacked it and used pink as their color. And so they just want to, like, make people aware that tits are being chopped off, which is very uplifting as well. Um, so they walk around in circles, and they drink water out of uh, water bottles sitting in the heat, which have BPA, which is an estrogen mimicker, which is why men get a bunch of tit cancer now, too. Magic. Dark magic, I suppose. Um, and then the T-shirts are brand new, and they have this thing called Plasticin, which is in the T-shirt printing process to keep it still so it comes out all neat and magical. And then they wear the brand new T-shirts, walking around the sun, sweating cancer in their titties. It's like, dude, are you guys doing prevention or promotion? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Let's walk in circles for cancer. <laughs> it's like craziness. I mean, fucking... They take tits and put them in a vice and then spray them with radiation. They're like, oh, you're okay right now. Does that fucking make any sense? I feel like a lot of superheroes that we've had, too, are, like, promoting, like, radiation being okay. Like, we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and shit. And then, like, the Fantastic Four, Cosmic Radiation, Hulk. Yeah, I'm going to Hulk out. I got gamma radiation. This shit will kill you. It's not fucking cool. I also think it's weird, too, uh, you know, our, our parties that we have the, the ass and the elephant. And, uh, yeah, the elephant, they're afraid of rats, so I guess they don't like Mr. S Master Splinter or Stuart Little. And I don't know, all these <laughs> fucking haters. Oh, shit. But, yeah, I was going to close this awful bombing like U.S. foreign policy said here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, some people, my point is, uh, you know, well, like prostate cancer, they might as well put a Molotov cocktail in my ass and spray sparks at once a year and tell me that I'm okay. That's just magical. But, uh, yeah. They said the evilest man in the world was Hitler, and he actually was supported by uh, U.S. interests a long time ago. Um, and it's like, imagine him going to the bank and being like, can I get a loan to kill the gypsies, Jews, intellectuals, and homosexuals? And the guy was probably like, what are you talking about? What was the first one you said, Jews? He'd be like, do you know who owns this bank, Mr. Hitler? Apparently one that wanted to help eliminate the competition. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really bad. Oh, well. Well, I'll end there. <laughs> you guys have a good night. I'm Jason Robo. Cheers. No matter which way you Jason Rogo, yay! He was actually getting a loan for the gypsies, tramps, and thieves. That's actually what Cher got a loan for back in those days. Nobody got that? Okay, cool. It was gypsies, tramps, and thieves were, were killed by Cher. <laughs> In that, or not by sure, but by everybody who does karaoke of that song forevermore. <laughs> they will always, it'll always be a silent death for all of us. Uh, Patrick J is not here. Is this a true fact? But do you know who is? This motherfucker. Uh, he looks honestly like, he looks like the doctor for World Cup. He's the one who says, Oh no, you weren't really hurt. Like you just rolled 12 times and you're fine. They run up, they run around. Uh, he might be the one who gives them their drugs. I don't know. He's wearing a doctor coat. He looks very, I don't know why it's so clean. That's the most disturbing part of this whole situation is that his white coat is clean, which means you have a big night ahead of you. Everybody put your hands together for Zach Wiseman. Roll to ruin. 
I'm not buying these clothes. I'm not, you know, purchasing these from the store. I just, I just put uh, what I find on the ground on my body. You know what I mean? It's real good. I come up with some real outfits. It's fantastic. So uh, I found, uh, like six months ago, I found some white pants. Just pristinely white pants. And I was like, how the fuck did... Well, I just took them home and I put them in a bag. So I know someday, some point in my life, I'm going to need these pristinely white pants. And then about two weeks ago, I just started finding white jackets. I had so many fucking white... I had like three white jackets. I just wear them one on top of each other. I go places, I'm, oh man, I'm getting hot, and I take out my white jacket, there's another white jacket. I go, it's still pretty fucking hot in here. I take out my jacket, and there's another white jacket. It gets, it, it gets a laugh. So how many calories do you guys think are in a baby? Like, what is the caloric content of a baby? How do you, how do you know that? I think he's just yelling numbers at me. How, many, how do you know that? Uh, okay, this baby is going to be one year, one year, exactly one year. Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't find the number on the internet. I looked. Turkey's a good one. I tried to look up calorie content of a baby monkey, which is also really hard to find. Uh, I want to know, because I just want to know, like, how long uh, uh, a baby, a twin, say one baby, could live off eating one other baby. You know? Like, if uh, like if there's a plane that crashed onto an island, and the only people that survive are the twin babies, I want to know how long w one of those twins can last, you know? So we could save him. You need to know these numbers. So, what, what did we say? How many calories in a baby? 18,000? Does that seem accurate? Yeah, totally. Okay. So there's 18,000 calories in a baby. Uh, how how many calories does a baby need to survive a day? 1,000? 500. Babies are tiny. So, okay. We're going to say 750 just to... One, yeah, it's a one-year-old. I don't know how many... I have to look up baby food stuff, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll get, my, get my phone. Hold on. Okay, so let me get the calculator. Per pound? Did you just look that up? Yeah. I love you. So Where's the fucking? Okay, so 500 calories. Uh, we're gonna say, how, how? What's the average age of a one year? You look it up. You're good. Average age of a one year old. So we're going to say, what, 25 pounds just to keep it? Absolutely. Yum. All right. Uh, so it's a 20-pound 20, 20 baby. We're going to say 20-pound baby uh, times. So five. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so minus uh, one pound, two pounds for bones. <laughs> so it's an 18-pound baby sans bones. Okay. 
Now, the 19-pound baby sans bones uh, can live, let's see, size 530, 30 times 550, 1500, sorry, equals, it's 27,000, so over a month's time, uh, a baby would eat uh, uh, 9,000 more calories than a baby. <laughs> but is that, okay, We that's 500 calories a day. That's for like a healthy baby, though. That's not like a baby that's conserving the flesh of another baby because he needs to survive. So, so what, like 100 calories, 200 calories a day for a baby? Yeah, yeah but that's standard, that's standard baby fucking, uh, you know, healthy baby. This is not going to be a healthy baby. We're just trying to figure out how long this baby could survive, you know? Nobody's eating three, three, three squares a day on a fucking deserted island. All right, so... Uh, 30 times 100. 100. Okay. Uh, 3,000... That's my next question. How are you going to keep this bit? Like, say it lasts a month. Uh, okay, so from the island? He's not going to put the other baby in salt water to preserve it. <laughs> it's, it's an island. It's a desert island. There's no freezer. Unless the one on the ship survived, then maybe, right? Yeah. Uh, this is going to have to be a skilled baby, you know, to be able to process this other baby. Uh, hmm. Yeah, we're gonna say not not super hot. We're gonna say uh, like uh, just south of Florida. Pretty hot. Yeah, that's gonna uh, Connecticut, a Connecticut island. That. Oh yeah, that solves the. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm sorry. Dead. They all died. <laughs> you think a baby could gum another baby? Possible. <laughs> so you think a uh, you think a baby could digest unchewed flesh without you know what I mean? If it's just like gumming off chunks, you know, you just pinching off whatever. Does you you think a baby could digest that? Hmm, you're not gonna. <sighs> Maybe. Well, not a Connecticut island, right? What's on a Connecticut island? Some ravens? A seagull? <sighs> those, those yeah, those babies are dead. <laughs> those are flying dinosaurs. Well, that's good to know. I'm glad we worked that out. <laughs> I like how American family values, like the traditional American family values, are just like communism. <laughs> it's exactly communism. All right, you guys stay here while I go uh, work. And if you're, I'm the government. Uh, you can petition for a Super Nintendo if you want. I'll submit the forms. America hates communism, right? We hate it, but then in a perfect world where if you loved everybody, it would be communism. 
<sighs> Good old America. Well, you know, school shooting is all right. I think they get a better app. Like, did you know if you're in a school shooting, you can, like, chew gum in class? <laughs> you can run the halls, you know? Shit, as long as you're not shooting anybody, you can grab an extra slice of pizza if it's on the way of your escape, you know? I was in a school shooting when I was a kid. Uh, I think about it a fair amount, and I don't think that it scarred me. I don't think there's... It didn't really bother me at all. I was like, there's a guy with a gun. Run from that. And then, uh, okay, made it. Did it. They locked us all in this, like, uh, secondary uh, school building thing. Everybody's all crying. And I was like... We don't have to go to school today, do we? Nobody laughed. Not one laugh. Uh, but that's a uh, that's a well-adjusted, you know. Hey, something happened. A joke, guys. Ah. There was a kid I knew. Uh, he came in one day with a shotgun, cause. Uh, uh, he's he's mad about getting uh, bullied. He was mad about it, and so he shot uh, this other guy I knew in his tummy tum. And I say tummy tum because this is kind of a heavy story. So, you know, it's the funniest word for belly. It absolutely is. So he shot him right in his tummy tum, uh, and then the principal, being the wise learned man that he was, grabbed a bat and tried to stop him. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the phrase "Don't bring a knife to a gunfight." Also applies to bats. 100% applies to bats. Because he didn't stop shit. I mean, that was a brave, dumb thing to do. I don't even know what his strategy was. He's like, all right, if he shoots at me, I'll just swing him back like buckshot fastballs. Come on. I, I might. Uh, fucking idiot. So he's dead. I learned... Uh, you shouldn't be mean to people all the time. That's what I learned, because they'll shoot you. They can just shoot you. I had not thought about that. I, at one point in my life, was a bully. I know you can't tell by my frame, but uh, I have a real mean fucking stare, and uh, I don't know, people are weirdly terrified of me, right? Like, the first time I, I tried to bully a kid, uh, I saw on TV that you could just walk up and uh, like demand people give you their lunch money, right? Uh, and I was like, Really? And I tried it, and this kid was like, I'm having lunch money. I'll give you money later. And he gave me money later. <laughs> and I was like, I am going to do this again. That was easy. And then I eventually got detention. And they're like, what are you doing? It was really funny getting tattled on by, like, a bunch of large children. He's like, yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just have uh, always been a vocally persuasive person. When I was uh, when I was a kid, I was like four years old. Uh, I molested my babysitter. Huh? I don't know if that makes me a bad person or not. You know, I really don't. I just ta I talked her. Well, I harassed her into uh, letting me touch her vagina. Pull it off. Does that make me a bad person as a four-year-old? Am I carrying that with me the rest of my life? 
Something stand out. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't that hairy. She was like 12, I think, oh right? So I was a pedophile, I guess. It makes me a pedophile. The first vagina I touched was a 12-year-old's. Huh? God damn. I mean, you just follow a 12-year-old around and, like, demand shit long enough, you can get it. Kids can, kids can get anything, apparently. <laughs> the, w the way you demand toys from your parents, everybody will be annoyed enough at some point to let you touch their genitals. They'll be like, oh, yes, just do it, kid. Fuck. <laughs> uh, even if that does make me a bad person, I'm still proud of it. I don't care. I'm not backing out from this. It's got to be at, like the core of who I am. I was four years old, you know? There's not a lot of walls put up. I'm not fake personality in anybody at four. It's like, let me see your pussy. <sighs> I like to tell a lot of suicide jokes. It's real fun. It's, uh, it's fun being like the least uncomfortable person in a room. It's real good. You just like know that you're more comfortable than everybody else. People love them. They really like these suicide jokes. I'm like, hey guys, I never shoot myself. I'll probably shoot myself. <laughs> but I never do it for this joke. The next job, never, never ever kill myself. Uh, but what I will do is I'll keep writing the suicide notes. Just write them and carry them around with me, you know? And that way, if I die in some fantastical manner, I just blow their fucking... Like, if you if you got hit by a meteorite and then they found a suicide note? <laughs> be like, Jesus Christ, man, what's the... To whom it may concern... I... Goddamn amazing. Obviously, this wasn't a cry for help gone awry. He was in control of the cosmos. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> and people love those jokes. They really like those jokes, those suicide jokes. And they're predicated on me being suicidal. <laughs> uh, like I'm not, I'm not uh, sitting down to write. Like, hey, okay, let's pump, let's pump out like five more suicide jokes. I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm gonna kill myself. Oh, fucking this. You should jump onto the Golden Gate Bridge. You could like, you could hang yourself from helium balloons. You could like uh, go to Six Flags and cut your wrist on a roller coaster. You know? <laughs> Just for that picture at the end, you know? <laughs> I wonder how many people are buying that, you know? Tommy's blood soaked 16th birthday. Happy birthday, Tommy. Don't worry, next year, uh, we're getting you a car. That's what's something. It'll be better, we promise. 
and I tell all these jokes, and I'm all miserable, uh, and it's like, it's like I'm walking around, uh, just farting all the time, but my farts only smell bad to me. Like, everybody else is like, what is this smell? This is great! And I'm like, oh, yeah. I just fart, and it's fucking disgusting. I never stop farting. Like, I love it! It's like lavender or something! This is fantastic! Keep up these farts, man! And so I just fucking walk around eating beans all day, like, oh, they love these fucking farts. Goddamn fucking shit. Clay was joking about how uh, it looks like I just escaped from a hospital. But I didn't escape from a hospital today. I escaped from a hospital like last week. Because uh, I totally, I was going uh, crazy and I 51-50 myself. And then, uh, and then I was like, oh shit, I got shit to do tomorrow. And then I had to escape the hospital because they lock you in. It was shit like... Like, if I had killed myself, that shit I had to do tomorrow, I don't care. That does not bother me that I'm going to miss that at all. But if I live, I really got to do that shit tomorrow. <laughs> I don't have a lot of light obligations, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, you go, ah, fuck. Well, I'm already locked in here, so I'm not going to kill myself, obviously. They got, they got me. Now I'm just fucking myself. I'm so I to escape. <laughs> But I'm fine now. I accomplished the goal the next day. That's not true, actually. It was next month. I got the dates wrong. <laughs> so I got plenty of time. I went from uh, losing my mind crazy person uh, to, like, proactive entrepreneur real quick, you know? <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave now. You guys have a good night. Zach Wiseman, entrepreneur. That is exciting. Yay leave you guys with one joke here I want to be an entrepreneur and I think that the way that I'm really going to figure it out is that I imbibe more weed than the average bear like I eat it I smoke it I eat so much weed and I've never really used my body in the way that God intended and that I'm not going to have any babies but what I do want to do is lactate because a lot of ladies they do something called pump and dump Oh, oops. They drank too much alcohol. They can't feed it to their babies. Now I say, I want to lactate because there will be so much THC, THC in my breast milk that I can make THCs. I can finally save the vegans. You know, they're eating this cashew cheese. That's not cheese. But what we can do is we can take my breast milk cheese that's gonna have THC in it, we can turn it into THCs, and the vegans can finally have a meltable cheese. Also, I can finally have like a use for my body. Like what else is my body doing except, like what happens if like I eat my own THCs? Can I get high off my own supply? Like I lactated it out. We turned it into cheese. If I re-eat it, can I re-eat the weed that I already... Is God real? <laughs> we have some serious questions to ask, and I need to learn how to breast pump myself. I want to really... <laughs> you can make it happen. I heard people actually do. They take breast pumps, and they, they have... they when they adopt babies from other countries. You can train yourself for a year. You can 
actually make your own boobs lactate. They have machines. Oh, yeah. And what I'm saying is, I want to do this. Why else would I be, like, why not use all that THC? Like, I'm an Indian with my weed, you know? Like, I, I don't mean to be a racist, but, like, you know, like, feathers, not dots. Like, I use all the parts. I use I use the stems, and I, I turn them, I denature them, and I turn them into other products. I can literally put it in my own body and make a product. I might actually have purpose. Okay, THGs. You guys have been so great. I didn't mean to be so serious there about my breast milk beer cheese, but I really am excited to like, I feel like, you know, and that's the other thing is that when you lactate, you get to eat an extra 500 calories and we can completely subvert the freshman 15 in college if we can just make these young women give sell me their breast milk right and have free free trade breast milk i want fucking bangladeshi breast milk because i want it to taste like um like uh lemongrass and shit right like i don't know what they're eating over there but i'm saying free trade i will pay the same for fucking ucsd breast milk as i will for fucking bangladeshi or whatever like i it is free trade breast milk hell yeah <laughs> top of the line we'll put all the flavors together we're gonna save the vegans they, breast, they breastfeed their children, therefore it is milk with consent, you guys. I know, it's crazy. Uh, this is Pimp Pam Dad's Comedy Clubhouse. We've had a fun time. It's been a fun show. Thank you for the comedians that hung out. Thank you for the real people that are here. That aren't. I mean, here they go. you are a real person if you're not a comedian. You're a real person. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to negate your person. Also, uh, thank everybody. Turn around, say clappy for David Zunzu. Uh, the the master of the ones and twos, the the magic guru that's gonna teach children that math is important in the future. Like Magic the Gathering will save us all. All right, I, I I'm not even drunk anymore. I'm just like tired. World Cup tomorrow, everybody. Nobody cares about World Cup. That's cool. I opened with it. I know. I'm like, everyone in the world is watching except for everyone here. Ha <laughs> ha. No one even knows what a high sense is. It's like some 4D. Th- All the things that they're trying to market to me, I'm like, none of that. What's Wanda? What's Wanda? I don't even know. Every day I'm looking at it like, Wanda, what the fuck is that? They're like marketing me nothing. And I'm still remembering it. Ha ha ha. We're Humans are dumb. Uh, let me leave you guys with one joke that's really funny. Mm, David, do you have any favorites? Uh, oh, really? I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. And this, uh, give it back up to Spike. He's dead now. But my God, he loved me so much. And I loved my cat like crazy, right? And you know how I know that my cat really loved the fuck out of me? Is that my finger, my boyfriend was finger banging me and my cat didn't just sniff his fingers, he licked him. And I was like, oh my God, my cat really, really loves me. Or women really do taste like tuna. Either way, these aged purple lips are a fine sashimi. Yeah, and that's ahi, not albacore. None of that white shit. It is dark and purple with age. It is scary. Like, 43 years of masturbation will really do a pussy wrong. You know what I'm saying? It is, it is, it is dark. Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of Pam Jesse's Comedy Clubhouse. Yay! Good night. Yay!
Tyson. We're gonna go smoke a cigarette. We'll be back. This is not my show tonight with War Bison at the Parkside. Not my show again. Playing cool stuff. I don't have permission from this band yet, so I'm gonna ask him permission after. And I'm gonna apologize. I'm gonna record first and ask permission after. But I won't play it on the radio unless I get permission. I promise.
like beer, I promise you. Not water stuff, it's like pot. Don't do that either, it's bad for your brain. How's it going, everybody? You good? So we had a bad run. We were from Vegas to like somewhere else to somewhere else, and now all these places that bars don't close are really bad for me to be at. Last call is a blessing. Anyway, guys, thank you for saving all tonight. They're really good. I don't know how they're gonna do their bit on this little stage because they're, 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 they're all right. No, they're not. They're crazy. Do a beer song. Song goes out to beer. We have beer. You want some beer?
way, a year ago, one of the anniversary of his death. It's a sad stuff, right? And also, Ernie Cortez, who was a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> 